0: Hey friends, this is Jenny Brockbank, and this is going to be a bit different format um, than than what I normally do. It's not one of my regular podcasts. No intro, no outro, no heavy editing. Um, I'm not in my treated space. But I saw this this uh, hashtag that said "quarantine" with an M, and I love it. And I, during this time, want to be part of the quarantine. And so that's why I'm sharing my personal story and a really scary experience that happened just last week. I hope that by sharing, it might personalize what we're going through and help people to see that we all have a part to play. We all have um, things that we can do and social distancing is so important. I hope that my little voice can help people make the decision to stay home whenever possible because the potential for crushing loss is tremendous, which was made very clear to me this last week. I will start by letting you know a little bit about me and my family in the hopes that this will personalize my message. I won't sugarcoat it. Our story lacks a lot of glitter, but there's also an awful lot of hope as well. My husband and I have been married for 20 years and have six children between the ages of 17 and 5 years old. When we were first married, I didn't know that my husband had struggled with sex addiction for several years before we were married, and it had already taken root. It was a long and hard process for me to figure out what the problem was, but eventually I was made aware, um, and that process began a process of recovery that has greatly, greatly benefited our lives. We went from being broken and not functioning very well to having hope, connection, and a beautiful depth to our relationship. I am not saying things are perfect. Far from it. Recovery is a process for both he and for me. However, what was once a really, really rough daily existence for all of us is now something that I never dreamed possible. In fact, dreaming is exactly the hobby that I've taken up lately, from bonding vacations to dreaming up the layout of a home that would accommodate our family, to how we can serve our community, which is why I do the podcasts that I do, and so much more. We've even been able to realize some dreams recently, including the recent purchase of a home, which was not possible for many, many years. The changes that my husband and I have embraced are trickling down to our children, and there is greater light, hope, and joy in our home. My husband has a job that is deemed essential during this pandemic, and I run a podcast in my efforts to help others with betrayal trauma that typically stems from the sex addiction of a loved one, while homeschooling our six children like many others during this pandemic, and I also occasionally do voiceover work. Fast forward to last Tuesday. I woke up early that morning, and for some reason, as my husband was getting ready for work, I couldn't go back to sleep. After a morning prayer together, he invited me to walk him outside and kiss him goodbye. He showed me some things on his motorcycle that he loved, and then I kissed him through his helmet and came back inside as he drove away. I had the strangest thought go through my mind at that point, and it was, What if that's the last time you get to kiss him? Later that day, my husband called to tell me that someone had come to work sick and not let anyone know. He had been there for a few hours before disclosing his condition. His co-worker's symptoms strongly resembled that of the coronavirus. The man apparently sat in my husband's chair. The chair that my husband was sitting in when he was halfway through his lunch and learned of this. Not surprising, my husband lost his appetite instantly. His coworker went to the hospital to be tested for the coronavirus. This was sobering information, particularly in my husband's case, because a few years ago, my husband experienced a crazy series of health incidents that stem from the cutting of his finger. That caused both sepsis and an abscess on his spine, and he went for months with a PIC line in place to deliver heavy antibiotics. This event weakened his immune system, and he seems to get hit hard and long with illness. We contemplated about what should happen if he should become ill. Our six children need at least one healthy parent. So, to help with this, he would quarantine himself in our room when home. I was a pretty big mess, sobbing as I moved my things into our girl's room, all the while concerned about what would happen to my husband. Would I become a widow? Our five-year-old son saw how distressed I was, and he sweetly asked for a memory of his dad, so I let him have one of his dad's favorite ties to hang in his room. Before I left our bedroom that day, I left a love note and lipstick on the mirror. I'll post that on my Instagram account. Over the next few days that we waited for the results, I started to think about what could possibly happen. I started to realize that if he became very ill, I would not be able to physically help him. I couldn't go in our room and minister to him. If he were hospitalized, I wouldn't be able to visit him, and if he died, no family would be allowed to be by his side for his final breath. So we prayed and waited and prayed and waited. Three days later, and after having to retest for some reason that I'm not aware of, we received the news that his coworker had influenza and not corona, and to this date, we're very thankful that my husband has not gotten influenza either. I am certain that his coworker had good intentions for going to work. Perhaps finances were tight, or he had a project he was working on that he didn't feel comfortable leaving. But whatever the reason, it wasn't worth the cost of a life or maybe even several lives. Here is what I'm asking all of us to do. Please stay home whenever possible right now. And if ill, I beg you to consider that leaving your home for anything other than a medical necessity is unnecessarily risking lives. Maybe it's motivational to think of my six children possibly going throughout their lives without their father. Perhaps your grandma or elderly neighbor might be the personal touch that is needed or the medically fragile neighbor girl down the street. I know this is rough, but we can be our best selves here. We can let our humanity and our love shine through in marvelous ways that when the illness lifts, our heads can be held high because we loved our neighbors like we loved ourselves. Sending well wishes to you and your family. Love, Jenny.